Welcome to the Halloween Unleashed Podcast. And now, here are your hosts for the week. Welcome, everybody, to Halloween Unleashed. I am your host, Chris Morgan, and joined once again by Brandon Duran. Brandon, how are you? I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? Doing fantastic. Uh, how is uh, you and your family and everybody that you know dealing with this coronavirus situation? Um, about as good as can be expected. I mean, my wife is uh, doing what she can to not lose her mind by being home all day, every day with our three almost a four-year-old um but yeah we're all every it's all good here all good here how about you and yours um everybody's everybody's good and um you know my marketing business right now is pretty much shut down because um which is probably why you've been seeing me post a lot more masks lately um Mm -hmm. is because i'm not able to to go do my full-time job and right so I figured, hey, when I, I got all this extra time, I'm going to reach out to people that are on my list. And if they're ready to go, I'll go ahead and I'll keep myself busy. I'm just one of those people. I just can't sit still. Yeah. Um, I got to be moving all the time. But uh, getting a lot of schoolwork done with uh, with my two kids and just, you know, staying the fuck at home, man. Like, yeah. Not- <laughs> staying away can, from people exactly man it's even because um my my work is deemed essential and so it it's business as usual for myself but even leaving and going like to and from work all day like just looking around like you would never know that we were at on like a stay at home like yeah. just people just I mean, we, they started having to limit the amount of people they'll let, uh, let inside the like a Walmart or Fred Meyer or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But just people are not heeding it and like just stay home and then and, get through it quicker and then you can get back out. Like, and <laughs> and, and just, then, yeah, man, those are the first people too that are bitching that they have to stay home. And it's like, yeah. well, if <laughs> you're you part would of just, the fucking problem. Exactly. Exactly. I got people in my neighborhood that are the exact same way. They're still having, they're still throwing ragers at their house. And it's like, come the fuck on, guys. You know? Yeah. Well, this actually kind of helped me out because, like, like not to to plug here, but like our show, my other podcast was on a hiatus, and it has been. No, for like we a already month we now. already advertised it last week. We can't. Yeah, do I know. It yeah, okay, can't do it again. <laughs> but no, like without that, like I, like we're set to do a, another record here uh, soon. So like, I wouldn't. I never even thought about doing it like over the phone. And so, like, doing this with you kind of was like, well, shit. If I can do this with you, why can't I do this on my own? And you so can. hats off to you, my man. Yeah. I can get back out there. <laughs> speaking of speaking of podcasting, I, I, I be, before we get going hmm. with, with today's subject, I uh, I probably want to just let everybody know um, that hasn't found uh, his new podcast, but uh, former co-host Dylan Cloud, um, the cutting room floor is not part of the Unleashed Network anymore. And it's, we're both good. We're both fine. It's just, you know, I'm recording a ton of content right now with a lot of guests and 
He's not able to get any content out there, and his uh, his numbers have been growing exponentially over the last several months. And so I figured, you know, it was just time that he had his own channel. It was always to, hey, let's you've helped me out by keeping content on 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 my network uh, when I wasn't doing anything and I couldn't do anything. And you've built your podcast up to where it can kind of go off on its own. And I was encouraging him to do that. And that way he could put something up five times a day if he wanted to. And it's, it was time for the cutting room floor to have its own voice and to have its own stage. So he is on the anchor network. So anybody listening that were, that loved his, uh, his episodes, um, definitely go over and show him some love, you know, uh, search, search the cutting room floor, uh, podcast. And it is, it is on the anchor network. And, you know, just like with every other one of the anchor shows, if you're on the anchor network, you can find us on Google play, Spotify, uh, Apple podcasts, podcast addict breaker, you name it, wherever you listen to podcasts, it gets streamed to all those, all those channels for you. So go get, go show Dylan some love, everybody. Feed. Did you get any feedback from last week at all from from anybody? Um, because I know I got a shit ton. So uh, no, I did not. Okay. Not uh, well. Aside from you, <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> but no, I didn't. I didn't hear anything from anybody uh, uh, personally. No. Okay. Um, yeah, like people were just loving loving the episode last week. Um, Marianne herself was very pleased and that that's who I was really happy that was pleased was, was her. And, um, it's easy to say, yeah, cool. I'll come on your podcast. And this is not just her. This is anybody. Um, when you have a career, you have whatever, and they're just, they're just doing you a solid. They're, they're taking a chance on you you know, mm-hmm. to, to not make them look foolish. And that's one of the first things I said to both. I mean, Dan knew that I wouldn't cause Dan's known me for going on nine years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, you know, Dan's doing a ton of movies and different things. And he didn't want to say anything that was going to get him in trouble. And he was worried about that. I told him, don't worry. I will take care of you. And I said the same thing to, Marianne and to Sandy and to Marion Singh. And, you know, I think, I think at this point I haven't made anybody look foolish. So, so I'm living up to my, to my promise. And, um, yeah, everybody's, everybody's pleased. Uh, as we're talking right now, I've been updating as we're going because I knew her episode was going to be big. Yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> it was going to hit the 2k mark before the first week was over with. And as we sit right now, it's at 2,172 downloads in five days. Hell yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, it is. So, uh, kudos to her. And we're hoping that by this time next week, we'll, we'll be at 4,000 for part two. So, uh, we'll, We'll see where we get to, but, uh, what do we got on the docket for today? Well, like, uh, you, you, uh, you and I are gonna, I really dove into the notes this time. Cause I was like, man, I really, 
do not want to like drop the ball. So I went, I went hard on the notes this week, but we, I can tell you where we pick back up. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. Um, and it was right into talking about um, law and order um, from 95 to 98. The, um, was on that well, show. Well, let's not give it all away. But oh, ah. <laughs> let's save it for when we come back. But no, we 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 left a we left a cliffhanger last week where we had mentioned Halloween Six, and then uh, we do get into that today. Oh, we do right. talk a little bit. We do talk a little bit more about her career, and um, we talk about some other things too. So, mm-hmm. um, do you want to get to it? Let's do it. All right. We'll be back. Halloween Unleash. Brandon Duran, Chris Morgan. We will be back in about 20 minutes or so. You're listening to Halloween Unleashed. Well, you have so many cool, cool little moments here that, you know, they end up taking on a life of their own. But from 95 to 98, you had a reoccurring role in Law and Order. And then... Um, you ended up coming back for the Law and Order Criminal Intent TV series. Mm-hmm. Um, then Third Watch, which um, I watched that show. Um, did you really? I did. It was a damn good show. It and they was. don't they don't do reruns of it like they do with the Law and Orders. But it was a really great show. Yeah, that's one I've had to I've had to black market unfortunately because I can't find much on it. Right. I mean they don't it's just not in reruns at all. Yeah, but if you have a copy of it, I'd be glad to buy it so I could support the art. <laughs> so, uh, anyway. A copy of the episode? Yeah, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm joking. Uh, oh, <laughs> you. So, <laughs> You're terrible. I am, I am. So, then you came back for, um, you've been on Law & Order a few times. Uh, all different yeah, characters. Yeah, I, I actually um, I w- didn't have a recurring on the Law & Order series. I did different characters. You know, um, back then, Law & Order was one of the only shows that sh- uh, shot in New York. Mm-hmm. And I had chosen to move back to New York pretty much right after Halloween came out. And uh, so I did I did different characters, and um, because they were several years apart, they, they allowed that now. Well, they have, like, this rule, like, you can't do, or they, they developed a rule before they kind of um, went off the air after, you know, an epic run. Um, th- there had to be a certain amount of years in between New York actors doing a character role on Law and Order because people started recognizing people from previous episodes and getting confused. Like, wait, isn't that so-and-so? That New York actor who did that part, like, last year? Are, are we supposed to pretend like we don't <laughs> notice it's, it's the same person? And so... Um, right. Yeah, so I, I got, you know, lucky in the heyday of Law and Orders where, you know, you could do, you could play like a crackhead in an episode and then the next year you play like a loving middle class suburban mom um, and you just cross your fingers and hope like hair and makeup, they won't notice this person. 
is the same person who played the crackhead last year, you know. Um, but, yeah, Law & Order was amazing, and I did two SVUs. Fantastic. Well, um, you've, you've had a lot of credits that, I, you know, we could spend all night just doing an episode on that. But I want to move on to the topic of the day, your favorite and mine, Halloween 6. This yes. is the official the official official so we're going to go ahead and we're going to start from the beginning okay tell the listeners how you got involved for the casting call well i was living in los angeles uh and uh auditioning all the time constantly and uh i worked a little bit and gotten super close on a lot of really big parts and I got an audition for Halloween 6. And the way it was sold was this is the 6 in the franchise. And uh, the franchise had just been bought by this new arm of Miramax, which was at that time in the 90s, obviously, was just the holy grail for, for cool classy, awesome movies. And so uh, this new arm of Miramax had been launched called Dimension Films, and they were, they, they were only focusing on sci-fi and horror genres. And one of the first things they did when they launched was they bought the Halloween franchise. Very smart move, obviously. And uh, so I was really excited about it, and then I got sent the script, and when I read the script, I was beyond excited, because the role of Kara Strode was a dream role for any actress. I mean, she was a lead, she was smart, she was everything, everything an actor wants, and was meaty, and just I was I was so excited, but never in a million years could I imagine that I would get it, because I just thought there's just everyone's auditioning for it, everyone wants it. There's no way I'm going to get it, and so I kind of went into the audition with this like abandonment of you know, what the hell? I'm not going to get it anyway. I can be totally relaxed and just. Do, do it the way I think it should be done. And uh, lo and behold, I ended up get, getting it, which was, you know, one of the best days of my life, really. Well, it was ours, too, to be honest with you, because you were uh, you and Paul Rudd were definitely the two of the saving graces from that film. So uh, we, we are you. definitely glad that you that you did get it. So I mean, another reason why, by the way, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but another Go reason ahead. why... I just thought there's no chance in hell I could get this. It's because horror movies had become the girl with the big boobs and the blonde hair and like almost like a joke. And it comes so far from all of the classic horror movies and all the Hitchcock movies. And it come really far from John Carpenter's, you know, Halloween 1, which... It's just a flat-out masterpiece. 
you know, it's, I think it's pretty much established at this point that Halloween one, directed by John Carpenter, written and directed by John Carpenter. He even did the, the famous, he even came up with the famous music mm-hmm. for it. Am I correct on that? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, is a flat-out masterpiece. Um, as a movie, let alone a horror movie. And they shot it for like 22 cents. Exactly. You know, I mean, try try shooting a film of that magnitude for three hundred oh. grand today, or and then go on to make over sixty million. Like what they made on the first film and what they shot it for is the equivalent of the new film making two hundred and fifty something million in today's inflation costs. Wow, so, is that right? Yeah, no, it's 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 crazy. So, um, yeah. did you know when you were going out for this audition that? you were stepping into like if you got this you were stepping into a film that had this legacy to it did did you know that i i i like i i i saw halloween one when it came out Mm -hmm. and um i have a a little story about that if you want to hear it but um i of course knew the Halloween franchise because I saw Halloween 1 in a movie theater when it came out and it rocked my world. Um, but I didn't, I didn't quite grasp uh, the fan base for horror movies, which I think has also grown a lot with the internet. Um, which, by the way, when this was shot, the internet really was just, just starting. You know, the 90s was the last decade that we, you know, who have been alive for a certain number of years on this earth, could ever say, like, wow, like, that was the last gasp of air we breathed before this thing called the internet, the, the revolution, wow. basically, came into yeah. our lives. Like, you actually had to make an effort to get in touch with someone. You had to to discover new music. You actually had to go to that venue in the Valley, if you were in Los Angeles, or go to Brooklyn where this cool indie band that you had kind of heard about on NPR was playing, you could not access their music on the Internet. You had to actually go out and do it, find it, be there, present. And now we can just access anything from our living rooms. And um, so I think... The fan base for all horror movies grew exponentially with this explosion of the Internet because you can see everything. You can friend anyone you want. You can find out everything you want to know about anyone who's in a movie that you liked. And, you know, it's just, it's it's different now. Um, I mean, when Halloween came out, I would get, like, a message from my agent saying, 
Um, somebody mailed a manila envelope to you. Uh, can you come pick it up? And it would be from a fan who had, you know, found out my agency, went to the trouble of finding it out. You know, couldn't just go on IMDb and find it out. And, you know, it was like a photograph that they wanted, you know, autographed, and they wanted this set on it. Could you please mail it back? And it was... I mean, it was rare, but it was it was bizarre when it would happen. And now, with the Internet, it's just, you know, constant on Facebook and Instagram. I'm not on Twitter because I have nothing to sell and I have nothing to say. And I don't expect anyone wants to hear my opinion about anything. Um, so I, 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 I'm not on Twitter, but I am on Instagram and Facebook. And you get a lot of attention from people who are fans of the movie, and that's awesome, and it's great. But sometimes people get mad at you if you don't get back to them right away, and it's sort of like, dude, I, I actually have a life. Like, I have parents who need my attention. I have, you know, family, sisters, nieces, and nephews that need my attention, I don't know you. Like, give me a minute to get back to you. And that's and I'm so glad you brought that up because uh, as making the masks um, mm. that I do, I mean, there's people that reach out to me all the time. Sometimes it ends up in my message requests. Exactly. Um, or sometimes maybe I'm just being a dad. And Hello. I, I read something and I'm like, I'll read this later. And then, I mean, exactly. you, you know how busy I am. You know, we, we've talked a lot. So. I don't even understand how <laughs> you do what you do. I don't either. I don't. Uh, you shouldn't <laughs> because it's actually not human. Like, to do what you do, and, you know, you've known me. You know, I complain. Like, when I was sick, I was complaining all the time. And you're probably like, Marianne, I would have run a marathon, like, no. while you are complaining. About. No, because because when I'm sick, I'm actually a baby. I I that's the only time I will cur- I yeah, will well, curl up in a. You're just being a man. Men yeah, are babies no. when they get sick. Yeah, no, I I I just no. When I don't feel good, I am I am a bear to be around. But but yeah, no, I I just. I don't. I don't get that. I still. That's one of the things in the social media realm that I still can't wrap my head around. It's like, look, do we do we go out for beers? Do you hang out at my house? Do we know yeah. each other on a personal level? If the answer is no, I want to be nice to you and I want to be respectful, but at the same time, I'm also. I'm a father. I'm a business owner. I, I have Hello. a lot. I have a lot of feet in the fire. I I'm, I I run a podcast. You know, I I exactly. I'm busy. You know, and if I'm driving, if I'm at a stoplight, if I see something, I'm like, you know what? I really want to respond to that, but right exactly. now I mental can't. Note. Yes. Right. So I'll make a mental note. I'm going to get back to this person later, and then life happens later. And that it might take you a couple of weeks to actually see it again in your, you know, messenger thing. 
on Facebook and be like, oh, God damn it, I never got back to this person. I feel really bad. Exactly. But before you get a chance to, a lot of times it's like, thanks for not getting back to me. You know, and it's like, um, do we know each other? Yeah. Or I, I simply, like, so sometimes I had the best intentions on, on getting back. Like you said, life happens. And then when they reach back around and say, hey, I never heard back from you. And at that point. At that moment, I say, I am so sorry, I, I, because I am. I feel terrible. I know. Uh, because I feel like since I do have like 10 plates spinning at once, I feel like that's the one that dropped, and I could have totally prevented it from dropping. But with everything else up in the air, it just totally slipped by the crack, and I'm, I, I feel terrible when that happens. But Yeah, I do too. So moving, moving forward, um, when – when you auditioned, did you were you given sides uh, from them to, to read and what specifics yeah. what were they looking for? Did they give you any direction or did they just say, here's the breakdown of the character. This is what we're looking for. Go for it. Uh, well, there was a breakdown of the character, Kara Strode, uh, cousin of Laurie Strode. I don't even remember if there was like specific... I, I pretty much created the character in my head. And like I said, I never in a million years thought I would get the part. So I just thought, I'm just going to do it the way I want to do it. And apparently there's, you can find, like, somebody, I don't know how this got out, because there was, like, three people in the audition room. But there's videotape of my actual audition, Chris that you can find on the internet, apparently. But it was, um, I believe, wasn't it, um, the scene that Daniel wrote, Beth, I need you to listen to me. Get Tim and get out of that house right now. Oh, my God, Beth, there's someone in the room. He's right behind you. Um, and then there was, like, just, seen of me just like basically screaming saying like one word and just like two words and screaming i know i had to scream for the audition i remember that yeah i actually saw that um audition because there was a back some i you know and, and again and keep in mind when i was going to conventions and stuff i saw this five disc halloween six the producer's cut with five discs of bonus footage i'm like oh oh my gosh they finally i mean this is how naive i was oh. like they they finally put it out and so i'm watching the, and, and of course i'm watching all the various cuts of it and i'm going oh my gosh this thing is bootlegged to hell and it, it it was horrible quality but then we got to all the auditions and of course daniel's uh high eight footage that that he did and um you know, it was it was pretty cool to see all that stuff, but yeah, you know, I I definitely got to see that audition tape, so I did know. Oh, that so that's that's part of that's part of that like special release, the producer's cut special uh, release. No, was this several... was this was about ten years prior to that. This was like oh. was like two thousand four, two thousand five, when um, that. I don't understand how that got released because I don't either. Can I tell you. It was the casting director. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't even think Joe Chappelle was there. It was Mustafa, Mustafa who I have always called Mustafa. But 
because you know why? I know someone named Mustafa, and it's pronounced Mustafa, but I know that um, it's Mustafa Akkad, lovely, loveliest man in the world. And um, maybe Malik was in the room. I mean, it was not. And then, like, the guy working the video camera. So I just don't, I don't understand, and like, who released it but or why, but it doesn't matter because I actually watched it, and I'm like, yeah, I was, I was pretty damn good. And I wasn't dressed sexy, and I wasn't trying to sex it up, and I was wearing, like, my peasant dress, a sweater <laughs> over that. And I was just like, if they don't like it, not meant to be. Yeah, that's something you like. Any aspiring actress out there needs to understand. You need to be true to yourself, and don't try to be what you think they want. Be who you think this character should be. Show them what they should want. Create the idea in their head, like. Oh wow! We never thought of this character being like this, but this is actually better than what we thought. Don't try to be what you think that they want. Be you, and do what you think is right. All right, we are back on Halloween Unleashed, and we will promise you we will get back to Marianne Hagen in just a few moments. Uh, but yeah, we we just as promised, you know, we we're, we're back after about twenty minutes. And what'd you take away? Oh, uh, quite a bit, man. Um, uh, early on, uh, one of the things that I I, um, I kind of thought was awesome was when she was talking about the different shows that she would work on and how that um, when she was doing not necessarily a reoccurring role, but how she would be on and then play a character and then be back on later and play a character. I I believe she called it like the heyday at that time where you can kind of just pop on the same show, but play different characters and just kind of hope that, you know, the makeup and hair department can make it so you don't look, they don't recognize you, I guess. Yeah. that, that was one of the things I thought that was a uh, was a lot of fun. Yeah, and uh, she seemed like she was a little um, a little taken back that you know, like I I knew about uh, yeah, the third watch man. Yeah. I wrote that down too. I, was, yeah. <laughs> I myself never watched it, but I'd heard nothing like obviously from that. Like good luck, good luck trying to find it. To still to this day, I, I'm still trying <laughs> to find um, you know a. a a real copy of it. I have it boot like, <clears throat> yeah. <bootleg. laughs> but you yeah. know, it, it's um, it's it's definitely it's definitely a cool show, and just seeing her in it was was great. So right, I'm horrible at watching shows as they air, and that show was no different, especially because I I think I was around 16 at the time when it came out. I I definitely wasn't watching a whole lot of TV, but I do remember the show for sure. 
You said that with a little bit of a sly thing. I definitely wasn't watching TV. Yeah, <laughs> no, I was a good what kid. What were you? Me. What were you doing? I was hanging. <laughs> I was hanging out in my friend's garage playing video games. Like I was, you know, all that nerdy kind of stuff. I, uh, I was more of a. I've always been more of a movie guy than a series guy. Like. I just started watching the boys and how long has that been out for a while? And <laughs> like, it's taken me a week to watch, I think three episodes, like just series never seemed to work well for me. I gotcha. So are you checking out tiger King at all? <laughs> anyway, moving on. Yeah. You better um, stop me before I get going on that yeah, one. Yeah. 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 Um, just the constant, uh, like getting into the Halloween talk and just the, uh, the constant auditioning in LA for roles. And then the dream role comes up, the uh, dream role comes up, reads a script and she's just talking about how it's ev- everything that she want, like would want in a script, you know, smart, funny, what have you, but mm-hmm. everybody was auditioning for it. Yeah. I, I found that extremely cool too, is uh, it sounded like there was kind of a, kind of a rat race for the, for the right. role and you mentioned that uh Hagen and Paul Rudd's performances in these movies were the saving grace and you're not wrong man she it's one of my favorite things about this movie is how real the portrayals are like that's why Halloween 6 is one of my favorite sequels is because of how they did it if that exactly. Makes yeah, no, no, it, 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 it totally makes sense. And, um, we get into it a little later. So I, I mean, I, I don't want to spoil it, but in like one of the future episodes that I was just working on today, um, mm-hmm. she, uh, she was kind of taken back, but you know, I don't mind sharing this. I mean, everybody's going to hear it. So this is a little sneak peek for everybody mm-hmm. is, um, you know, that's one of the things when I was doing my research on her and doing my research on this on this movie. Not that I had to research the actual different parts of the movie. Right. I know it I know it pretty well, but I was just like, Well, let me if, if I'm going into a time machine, going, you know, and pulling up this time capsule, I don't want to just pull out all the things that I know. I wanna I wanna dig out the things that we don't know or that we don't hear about very often. Like we've we've constantly heard about the angry employee pouring the chemicals on the mask and destroying the mask during the reshoots. And that's why it looks different. Mm-hmm. We we've heard, you know, the prob the various problems on set. We've heard all that stuff. The one thing that I, that I wanted to know is like, okay, you know, this is the, obviously it was a very troubled movie. It's not perfect by, by any means. No. And, and the critics were definitely not shy about telling everybody that it wasn't perfect. But the one thing that I wanted to dig out, once again, I wanted to go a step further. I'm like, if I was pulling out a time capsule out of the ground and I'm opening it up 25 years later, what what can I find? What bit of information could I find in this time capsule that I haven't found before or I, I didn't know before? And I've always liked the like the like the performances, mm-hmm. but I but I wanted to see what the critics thought of the performances and sorry to go all way out on left field here and just drawn on and talk uh, so much, but um, the critics were actually very kind to, uh, to Marianne, to Paul, obviously to Donald Pleasance, that goes without saying. 
and and the various members of the cast. And when you look at how troubled the production was and, you know, maybe it wasn't everybody's favorite and it got a little wacky at times. The one thing that you can look at and keep coming back to is those characters, they weren't performed, especially Kara Strode. She wasn't performed. She, she, uh, Marianne was Kara Strode. And that, that is what I think is missing from a lot of movies nowadays. And so, when I was reading that they were getting praised for their performances and, and one, I think it was a, I think it was, I can't remember exactly what publication it was, but it was one of the many that, that Mm -hmm. said this. And a lot of times they're taking snips and they're, they're, they're kind of rewording it to put it. So this was pretty much a, a very across the board thing. Yeah. Was, um, Young actress Marianne Hagen did a lot with very little. And what they were meaning was it's like she did a lot with that character, but there wasn't a lot of meat on the bone when it comes to the script. They're very kind to to the performers. And that that always makes me happy because those are the the ones that that deserved it. Yeah. Well, and that was one of the things that she had talked about in this episode as well, is that um, she kind of created that character in her head. And I believe she yeah. sexy peasant dress <laughs> or non-sexy peasant dress. Like she was wearing a peasant dress with a sweater. Like nothing about it was over-sexualized. You know, she just went in there, you know, with the character that she created and just crushed it. And she was the, she was the, she was the girl next door, man. She yeah. was the, she was the girl next door that, uh, that, everybody in their right mind would would want to date and mm-hmm. take take home and introduce to mom and yeah. that's the way she played it that's the way she looked and still very stunning very beautiful but you know not not something that was going to be like oh well she's going to die in the f- 4 minutes into the yeah, to the exactly. film because exactly. she's running around with her knockers hanging out, you know, right, she, right. she wasn't that girl. And, you know, so to hear that part of the story, I was, I was very pleased too. Yeah. And her advice to, uh, uh, do what you think is right along, along the lines of that, um, was awesome. Yep. For sure. Um, the other few little takeaways that I have from this is the one thing that I will be eternally jealous for until the day that I die being born in 1983, there was no way that I could see Halloween 78 in theaters. And when she was talking about that, (laughs) I was like, that's so awesome. And that's the one thing that I wish I, you talk about time machines. That's one of my, one of my, time machine bucket list would be to go back and see Halloween 78 in theaters. It'd be nice. How it rocked her world. um, Definitely with this being like pre-internet time and talking about how it's hard to kind of grasp how the horror fan base was back then, because like as much as I love horror, it, it didn't really come on as much until later in life. But like, just thinking about how everything, even everything was pre-internet life. Like everything was a lot slower back then. And, um, you know, it's 
trying to think of what I'm trying to say, but the next thing that I wrote down was is how she was talking about how when, and even with you, like how when people message you and how, um, you know, you're not able to get back to people right away and how we kind of live in an age of instant gratification. Like if I message you, Chris, and you don't message me back within the day, I'm going to blow you up and just be pissed because that's kind of like the, how it is these days. Like there's no patience with the internet and how everything is readily available at your fingertips. You, you know, people seem to be accustomed to that. And so it, it is kind of sad and listening to how you guys have to deal with people freaking out because you don't, you know, necessarily talk back right away. Yeah. I mean, there was just a, a situation this week, like, you know, like I was just saying, um, you know, earlier I've done more masks in the last two weeks than I've done in the last year, uh, mm-hmm. just because my, my marketing business is shut down and I have a lot more time to, to work on this stuff. But, you know, I, and I'm not trying to sidebar and keep us away from Marianne. I promise we'll get back there in just a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just this week, I mean, it, it, I, I, I've been taking like some costume shots because like my son's really getting into it. We're having a lot of fun doing that father son time. Oh, and, of course. um, you know, obviously, yeah, I could do a timer. I could do all that stuff. But if you got your six year old that is like wanting to partake in things that you're doing, why would you not include them? So, um, as long as he was willing to do it, I was willing to let him. And mm-hmm. it was kind of cool that, told him what I was wanting and this is how I want him to frame it up and I need him to do this and he would do it. But I mean, I was in costume and I, I normally don't do that cause I don't have the time to do it. And so the fact that I've been able to do something a little different with my pictures, being able to suit up uh, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm making a long story out of this that doesn't need to be. But, um, there's somebody that messaged me during that. I read it while I was, while I had a mask on, I looked at it and I was like, okay, I'll get back to that. Right. I came back to it two days later because they messaged me and said, Hey, you never responded. (laughs) I mean, that's not exactly what they said, but I mean, like I'm suggesting. Yeah. Uh, But I'm just like, Hey, I'm really sorry. I meant to get back to you. But that's that's happened to me a lot over the years, and you know, you've you followed the podcast all the way back to the HMMAT days. Yeah. When I did, when I did my rise and fall story, there was there was people that were pissed at me because I didn't get back to them right away, and mm-hmm. they they never told me. They just unfriended me and then just went and talked shit. So yeah. it's like, okay, well, cool. You yeah. Know? But no, I'm, I, I didn't mean to get on a sidebar of that, but you, but you brought that up and it was just worth <laughs> noting and you're absolutely right with that for sure. Yeah. Anything else that you want to add or do you want to jump back in? No, let's get into that uh, second part there. All right. This is Chris Morgan, Brandon Duran. We'll be back uh, at the end to wrap things up. Thanks for listening. Did you get to read with anyone who was eventually cast in the film? Um, if so, who? Yes, I, uh, I certainly did. It was Paul Rudd. Um, Paul and I were the number one choices for Tommy and Kara. And uh, they wanted to do a, what they call a chemistry read to see if we had chemistry. And um, 
so I met Paul at that audition. Um, it was, you know, we'd both been called in numerous times, call back, call back. They really, they're really interested in you. They really like you. It's looking good. You might get it. But they needed to see us together. And so we did a couple of scenes together, and then they, they had us just talk by ourselves on camera, and that's when I was sitting off to the side when Paul was, like, talking to the camera, and I, I just thought, holy shit. This guy is going to be a star, for sure. I yeah, mean, he, he definitely did okay. He definitely did okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's brilliant. And once yes, I got to know him, I would say, we're hysterically funny. Because like, was, he was trying to be like a serious actor. Um, when we shot Halloween 6. And he had gone to London and, you know, done this Shakespeare workshop with um, Sir... Uh, I'm drawing a blank. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. Because it's just like, we're both like vampire insomniacs, so we're talking really late at night. Um, but I... Uh, I got to know him. And... I said, do you understand how freaking funny you are? Like, you really need to, like, audition for, like, funny parts. Like, you're hilarious. And that's, you know, you know basically what he's become hugely famous for. But I also know the guy could do, he could win an Academy Award if he got the right part that was a dramatic part. Because he has so much soul, so many layers to him. I mean, he's just an amazing human being. You know, I just can't. Well, he continues to read great he things can, about Paul Rudd. Yeah, he definitely continues to reinvent himself with, uh, like, every couple films. You know, you never see him play the same character, like, more than a couple of times. And then he's completely completely jumping into a different vehicle playing something else. So it's, um, he's definitely a, yeah. as I like to say, a chameleon actor. He really just adapts to his environment and adapts to the role versus picking out roles that are going to adapt to his style. It's like, I, you know, he, he wears a lot of, a lot of faces and that, that is. Yeah, really but I think, I mean, valuable. I think you would say that he got his, like, quote-unquote, fame from doing light comedy hilarious stuff. Oh, absolutely. All the yeah. Apatow stuff that, that or Apatow. Totally. Is it, is it Apatow well, or Apatow? Lit, which, yeah. you know. But uh, all, all the, you know, like the um, the the Ron Burgundy movie um, that, that he did. I mean, he really... Anchorman. Did, yes, thank you. My goodness, I should be shot for not knowing that. Um what I'm here for. Thank you. You know, you don't, you totally have my back, but you know, when he got in there, you ben totally... Kingsley, Sir Ben Kingsley. Yes, yes, yes. That, Thank that, you. That... Oh my God. I was not going to be able to sleep tonight if I didn't come up with that. Which, Sorry. which by the way, speaking of Ben Kingsley, that was when they were going to remake Halloween, uh, under Rob Zombie. I said, if they're looking for a Dr. Loomis, they should get him. And... Uh, 1000%. And they didn't. And I'm like, 
okay, Malcolm McDowell, Clockwork Orange, great actor. I just didn't think he was right for the part personally. And a lot of people agree with me. And there are some people are like, oh, yeah, he just, he, you know, he was just directed wrong or whatever. And I'm like, uh, I just don't think he was he was the right fit for the role, but still a great actor. I absolutely love Malcolm McDowell. Um, well, as um, the great uh, Mike Nichols said, that 90% of directing is casting. If you cast a role perfectly or semi-right, you can just, as a director, kind of sit back and just let yeah. them go. And you were about to tell me about... Yeah, it was just a, it was just a quick thing. Okay. I, I mean, this guy was... He had the right look, and he was yeah. such a nice guy. And I was in a yeah. pinch because the other guy pretty much left me at the altar at the 11th hour. And I I should have pushed production back and recast it. But I'm like, no, this guy's a little raw, but I can work with him, and I can bring it out in him. And mm-hmm. I, I did three times the work that I probably didn't need to, but I'm loyal to uh. a fault. But the but the problem is also he was such a sweetheart and I'm like I can't let him go I can't give up on him I I felt like right. I had come, I had come that far and I'm like I can't give up on him because probably other people have as well and I'm like I just can't do it and that's just I suffered I suffered for it but at the same time I I, I look at it and say well at the end of the day at least in my heart I knew my heart was in the right place so I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah, it's a tough call, you know. Do you do you recast at the expense of pushing production back, or maybe you know you think maybe I can I can make it work with this person, and especially if they're nice, you know, you have a heart, and it's like, oh God, this guy is so freaking sweet, I can't. Yep. You know, I I I want to make it work. You know, and yep. uh, so you did, and it's just a, it's a really tough call. Sometimes, sometimes you can make it work, but it is like it's three times the work, and sometimes even with three times the work, it can never work. It was one of those things where he didn't cause it not to get picked up, but if I look back and I'm watching some of these scenes and I'm watching the show. I'm I'm saying, oh my gosh, this this one actor was so good, and they had to share a scene with him, and I'm like, if he was just better, that scene could have been so much better. And it's like when you look yeah. back at it with 2020 perfect hindsight, it, it's yep. just my goodness. I mean, was I young and naive at that time? And this was 2006, so I mean, I was right. That was 27. Well, what we're doing right now, talking about age six, is it's all 2020, uh, you know, looking back in hindsight, at least for me, you know, and talking about it. Um, and isn't it amazing how, how obvious certain things are? I mean, Monday morning quarterbacking, 2020 vision, you know, exactly. all, the, all the cliches are true. Yeah, no, it, and it's different when, when you're in the heat of it. But uh, back on this, because I... I I know you don't want to be here until two o'clock in the morning, so uh, <laughs> um, I'm fine. 
Okay, good. I, I just I like I like I told you when we first started talking several weeks back, I said I want to always be respectful of your time and yeah. you're you're giving it or I, I don't want you to think, Oh my gosh, you know, I I'm so tired and he's dragging me through this. Uh not at all. I don't ever want you to feel that way. So um who called who called you to let you know that you were that you were cast? You know, was it an agent? That's or? a really that's a really great question. And I remember it so clearly. I had just this weird newfangled thing called a cell phone and it was like not quite the size of a brick. It was a Zach Morris phone. What honey? It was the Zach Morris phone from the the guy from Saved by the Bell. The big giant brick. <laughs> really, really, really close. <laughs> and I'm driving in my car down uh, the 101. Anyone familiar with Los Angeles? It's the highway that connects Hollywood to the valley. And this new thing that I had rang in my car. And I was like, oh, my God, what is that? What's that sound? And I looked down, and it was like this cell phone thingy. And it was obviously the, the ringing sound was coming from that thing. So I pick it up, and I kind of try to flip open. I think it had two flips, one on top and one on the bottom. And I said, hello. And my manager at the time, an amazing manager, Barbara Lawrence, she said, you're going to Salt Lake City, kiddo. <laughs> and I, for a split second, was like, what is she talking about? And then it's like, oh, my God, right, Halloween 6 is shooting in Salt Lake City. And I screamed. I was so excited. I was like, are you kidding? Oh, my God. And she's like, nope, got the offer today. We just got it. The first call I made. And I was I was thrilled, and I'll never forget that moment because I I was driving this really old 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 uh, BMW. It was a 2002, which is not the year it was made. It was like from the early 70s, but it was called a 2002. And I bought it out there, and it was just like this used, kicked up, you know, piece of you know what car. And it was always breaking down, and I'm trying to talk on the phone and drive this impossible car on this highway where people are going like 75 whizzing past you. I was trying not to die, and I was so excited. I couldn't believe it, because it was the lead role in a feature film. And even though I'd worked... um, doing guest spots, and I'd done so many short films, um, I'd never done, and I'd done, like, tiny parts in, in feature films, but I'd never done the lead, the female lead in a feature film, and it was just, like, unbelievable to me. It was so exciting. I could almost imagine, you know, just getting to know you and know how important this was, um, yeah. I can almost imagine uh, what the next phone call was. It was probably to your dad, correct? Because of the to deal. To my parents. Yep. For sure. Tell me about that. What What was the 
I mean, if it's oh, private, they, I mean, that's they fine. Were, they were thrilled for me. I mean, I don't think they un- knew the series, uh, or you know, the way I did. Um, which, by the way, I did not know very well at all. Um, I had to do very quick study, run out to, yes, kiddos, this was back in the days where you had to go and rent videos from Blockbuster to watch anything, but I had to run out to Blockbuster and rewatch Halloween 1, which I saw when it came out, and rewatch Halloween 2, which I saw on TV, because they aired it on TV right around, you know, mm-hmm. within a year of when it came out. And then 4 and 5, and I was advised by people who knew the series really well. They said, skip 3, just skip it. It won't inform you of anything, and it'll just confuse you. Sorry, anyone who was involved with Halloween 3, I'm sorry. But that's what I was told by, like, my film aficionado friends who had, like, a second major in horror movies, and they were just like, just skip three. It'll just confuse you. All right. Well, there we are. We we ended another episode, and... Um, what this you time you got me with the cliffhanger, dude. I normally, like, the last one, I, I was listening along. Everything was all cool. This one, I, I was typing things out i was getting all my thoughts prepared and then it cut right out and i was like i looked at my my little timer i was like did it stop I was, no <laughs> you fucking you got me on this one man good uh, <laughs> i normally don't fall for it i'm like oh okay we're cool no this one i was like yeah here we go let's talk about that yeah i felt like you know hey we've all been in that situation where someone is getting you all excited. You're having a good time. And then they just leave you right in the middle of it. <laughs> I know, so. I know that, I know that, I know that, uh, that's a job well done when you're able to do that, man. And I know that nobody takes better or like takes more pleasure in doing that than you do when it comes to these cliffhangers. man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was one of the things that, uh, I was even talking with, with her about was that, you know, I enjoy the cliffhangers only because I use, I, I mean, I'm, I'm still one of those people that leave me wanting more on a, uh, on a TV show or a season finale or, or whatever. Yeah. To get me to come back next week, which is a lot of the reasons why I, I'm not one of those that is into, um, bad guy of the week type, um, TV shows because I'm yeah. like, it's the same formula every week. It's lather, rinse, repeat. And then, mm-hmm. you know, five minutes in, we got our first kill 15 minutes in, you know, we've, we've already interviewed and narrowed down the sud- suspects. And by 30 minutes, we're making our first arrest. And then <laughs> right. at the 40 minute mark, we realized that's not the person. And the person that we want has been under our nose the entire time. And so now it's a race to get to that person. And it's like, it's the same formula every week. And I'm like, I have no reason to come back to that. So I like season long arcs. I like cliffhangers. I like things that just dangle the carrot out there and you know, there's going to be a payoff, Mm -hmm. but it's the journey getting there. And that's, that's so 
missing in our culture today. So I'm, I'm glad that that's working and, uh, we'll see if the cliffhanger from last week pays off this week, the way it did last week. Oh yeah. So, um, you got some notes, man. Let's, uh, let's dive in. Um, there wasn't, I didn't get as many notes, um, in this, uh, second part as I take, as I took in the first one. But, um, so you had asked the question, um, about when, uh, during the auditioning and that she had, uh, got to do the read with Paul Rudd and how they were doing like, um, like what, what chemistry check or chemistry, uh, testing chemistry between the two. Yes. yes. And obviously that paid off because it, 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 it worked. Um, and the, uh, uh, this is probably the longest note I took had how she was talking about how she just bought a She had just got a cell phone um, and that she was in her car driving down the one Oh one. And then something starts ringing and uh, you want to, I loved her, her impression of her agent. She reminded oh, me, she reminded me of, of <laughs> Estelle from friends. And I know that's funny because we just talked about <laughs> friends last week. Like Joey, Joey it's Joey. Estelle. <laughs> Yeah. And it was it was like when she did that, I was like, that was the first thing that popped on my head. I'm like, she has Absolutely. a spell for for an agent. That's cool. Yeah. When <laughs> when she was doing that voice, like it just transitioned from her talking normally, like just talking, and then all of a sudden, right into the you go on to Salt Lake City, kid. <laughs> I was yeah. like, oh, that's so that's so good. It was great. Yeah. Um. And uh, one of the important things that she was talking about, about how to get ready for the, uh, to get ready for the role and all that kind of stuff and how she got, she went to Blockbuster and I, the, my, the only note I wrote down for that is uh, I really miss, I really do miss Blockbuster. <laughs> I miss I, going into and into a, uh, like a brick and mortar building and just walking around for 45 minutes at all the, you know, covers of all the movies and like, man, what am I going to watch tonight? Yeah, man. And it's, it's like for, for, for those of us that got a chance to experience that, that's something that we will never forget and nope. that we will always miss. I mean, yeah. Is it convenient now that we can just turn on our streaming device and of, of choosing and just rent something at the click of a button? Yeah, that's yep. cool. But it Part was an of, experience, man. It was, and you cut. You had to, and I remember picking out like six, seven, eight movies to watch in a weekend. Yep. And, um, you know, like Blockbuster was something that had to be built into our town. We had a video library. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know, for for those out there that know what that is but prior to video library there was a mom and pop business that was called shoemaker tv that um they would have like these little yellow and white tags that hung on nails and so they would have if there was five of those little plastic circles hanging on the nails off of the video shelves that means Mm -hmm. they had five copies in stock oh wow okay that was cool. And so they would have one box out there. You pull up one of the tag. It had like a little skew number and you go hand it to them. They go back Mm -hmm. and get your movie and bring it back. And it was like, you know, it it was always fun that way because 
Um, and then of course with blockbuster, you know, they would have the box of the movie and then uh, like the, like the copy of the movie, like right behind it and that you just pull it out, you know, and then take it up. I mean, that's obviously was advancement, but, (laughs) but, but I remember walking in to a blockbuster, like on a new release that you were waiting for and you'd see 50 titles up there like of the same title you see like this whole wall like dedicated for that week this is opening week of this film and since we're talking halloween six i'll never forget it you know like uh september of 96 walking into that video library and seeing a whole shelf of halloween six on the shelf i'm like this is that's super cool fucking unreal and like half (laughs) of it was already checked out and i'm like it's cool (laughs) <laughs> kudos <laughs> kudos to my movie it wasn't really my movie but it was it i was a fan of the movie so it was, yeah it was cool to see that that's awesome um little fun fact real quick uh there is one blockbuster left in existence and it's in bend oregon no shit that's awesome yeah it's the uh, it's the last one up um it threw me off man because when i used to drive truck for ace um and i would go to bend I would see it there and I'm like, I just, I, I, there's nowhere to park a semi truck anywhere near there. But I'm like, God, I would give anything just to get down there and go inside that store one time, you know, good old, the good old days. Yeah. It'll, it'll never be the same again. But I mean, if this pandemic continues to go on, I mean, you never know. Yeah, that's true. Um, Oh no, no, no. Can't can't do that because there's no such thing as social dis I mean you have to do the social distancing thing, so. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. Like <laughs> could you imagine trying to socially distance in a packed video store looking at different movies and circling widely around people so that you keep your distance it would be a nightmare. Well, not just that is everybody would have to have face masks and gloves. They couldn't touch the covers and the movies. Oh, like, can't pick it up and read the back. Yep. Yeah. So crazy um what else we got um, uh well the whole thing about talking about blockbuster is um right before um that like going into blockbuster um kind of refamiliarizing with the other halloween films um and that what her film her film friend was saying you yeah, just watch them all but uh don't watch halloween three because it'll it'll just confuse you uh-huh. With, with the timeline well and not to get into confusing timelines because that's an episode in itself but like yeah halloween 3 not serving really any other you know purpose to that with the myers and all that kind of stuff well th- there is multiple timelines but there is only one timeline for me it's one two four five and six yeah and then there's the rest <laughs> right well see the thing is is like i get the concept behind halloween 3 like if you're gonna do a yearly anthology of different types of stories do it man how like halloween 3 without that name i Great don't movie. think it, it, yeah i don't think that it would have had nearly as much disdain for it if it, you would have just even calling it season of the witch whatever just don't have halloween 3 in the title and you would have been just fine yeah Hindsight, though, right? (laughs) It's always 2020, unless you're 
Never mind. Anyway, moving on. (laughs) But yeah, that's really all I have for my notes on the second part. And just as she was talking about Halloween 3 is where you pulled the plug. And now we wait (laughs) for the rest. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to continue getting interesting. Um, You know, I guess I could take away from from this episode is just the journey of, of going through the audition process going yeah. through a lot of getting ready to prepare herself. I mean, there was a lot of really cool nuggets in there um, of information. And if, you know, for, for everybody that, that is visual, like I am, she really painted a nice vivid picture for you of what 1994 was like. Absolutely. But like, I'm glad you brought that up, man, because it it, it is, it is true. That was to be auditioning for, the movie of movies at that time or everybody wanted to be a part of it and just talking about going through the process. It, it was uh, fascinating. And I, I think it was pretty cool that she even talked about, um, you know, she saw Paul as a comedy actor before before anybody else saw him. Absolutely. That's a good, that's a good pull, man. I should, I didn't even write that down, but yeah, I agree with you completely because yeah, he is hilarious. And so it's like, if you don't know Paul Rudd before like watching Halloween six and you know him as, um, Brian Fantana from Anchorman or who I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah. It's Fantana. Um, it, or watching him in um, I Love You, Man, or anything like that, which is what most people would know him from, uh, to go back and watch Halloween 6, it, it could be, I wouldn't say jarring, because um, he's just he's a comedic actor. It's what he's known for, but there's nothing funny about his portrayal in Halloween 6. Yeah, no, it's true. Um but it was just it was just pretty cool that that she saw that in him and she had that vision even yeah. before her before his own agent had that vision for him which was fantastic yeah that uh, yeah you're not wrong on that one that's uh that's that's like calling the shot before you know the pitch is thrown man like recognized it that's well the one thing about it is, I mean, and just, just knowing about what we got to know about her last week, but right. You know, again, you can hear very, very, very intelligent woman, very intuitive too. Oh, absolutely. So it's for her to pick that out and just kind of know that and saying, this is what you're going to be one day. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not surprised. I mean, like I said, she, she's very intelligent, you know, very well-spoken, and oh. um, mm-hmm. very intuitive. She has very good instincts. That's the word that I was going to say. Exactly. I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Well, anything else you have, or can we uh, let everybody get out of here and yeah. come back and see us next week? Let's get out of here and uh, fast forward to next Friday, Matt, because I'm ready for the rest. Cool. Well, Let's jump into part, our Doc Brown machine and <laughs> go one week into the future. I'm fine with it. Let's go. <laughs> I wish I can get in a time machine and go ahead six months and seeing what our world's going to look like then. Um, dude, that would, would be nice to know, man. Like I was telling you, I, I uh, booked that family vacation to Disneyland. And I'm on pins and needles whether or not I need to uh, mix that or not. 
And yep. so, yeah, if you find that out, man, let me know. <laughs> Will do. You know. All right, my man. Well, thanks for joining us. This is uh, Chris Morgan and Brandon Duran for Halloween Unleashed, and we will be back with Marion Hagen Part 3 next week. Thanks for joining. This is the Halloween Unleashed Podcast. Thanks for listening to Halloween Unleashed. Be sure to download, rate, and subscribe anywhere you download your podcasts. From Apple, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio. And then join our social media channels at our official Facebook page at facebook.com slash groups slash Halloween Unleashed. On Instagram at Halloween Unleashed. And on Twitter at HWeen Unleashed. Be sure to share our episodes in your horror groups on your timeline and on Instagram. We'll be back next week with an all-new episode of Halloween Unleashed.